All right, we're back on the Young Turks. We got a fun guest for you guys in the Metal World Peace, everybody. Absolutely. All right, he's back. All right, <laughs> good to be back. All right, great I mean, to have you. I was going here years ago. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Like, that's, yeah. All right, good to have you here, man. I, I want you got a book out, you got a documentary, you got a clothing line, yeah, you're yeah. doing a million things. You're the busiest man in America. Trying to, <laughs> trying to do things that involve basketball. You know, uh -huh. trying not to get too far away from things that's involved in like sports. Uh huh. So you know. Yeah, I hear you. But nonetheless, yeah. I'm going to ask you a political question. Absolutely, right <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay, uh, Donald Trump, go. Well, you know, he's. Um, I was a fan when he first announced, and then when you see all the antics, then I became less of a fan. You know, <laughs> but when Donald Trump, when I'm from New York, so when you say Donald Trump, you see Trump Towers, it's like, all right, that's Donald Trump. Uh huh. But then as he became president, he became, you know, very, very negative and kind of disrespectful. So I became less of a fan. Uh huh. So you're off. You're off of Trump now. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna. Like, am I off of him 100? I think he should change. I think there's some things about him that needs to change. You know, the way you, the way you talk about people, the way you think about people. You know, the policies. I think like a lot of that could change because it's so many people that has done a, a, a lot of bad things that had the opportunity to change and had the opportunity to get a second chance. So yeah. I'll give Trump a second chance. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, now. I'm not much of a fan, <laughs> to say the least. Me either. <laughs> yeah. And um, and yeah, there's a lot of people he doesn't want to give a second chance to. But you're yeah, right. He won't give a second chance. That's right. But you're an open-hearted guy. <laughs> so, but let's actually. So you got the book out. Let's talk about your uh, life a little bit as to why you might believe in second chances. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. book has a lot to do with that. Yeah. So it's called uh, No Malice: My Life in Basketball, or how a kid from Queensbridge. Survived the streets, the brawls, and himself to become an NBA champion, which of course you are. Yeah, yeah. So, for folks who don't know, did you grow up rich and you know lead a luxurious life? No, no luxurious life. I mean, when you grow up, I think every kid is the same. If you're rich and you're with your parents, you're gonna just feel love. If you're poor and you're with your parents, you're just gonna feel love. What happens is along the way, things happen. You know, so if you grow up in a community like mine. Violence, you know, arguing, dysfunction, whether it's drugs, whatever the case may be, then those things type they mold you. But if that's all you know, and if you're having happy days in those moments, like you're gonna feel rich. Some sometimes you're young and you're poor, but you feel like happy today, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I had a lot of happy days, but it was things that wasn't normal that made me into the person I was. I entered the NBA, and then why am I so different? Why am I like thuggish? What they were called? Why am I so angry? Right? I, I grew up a certain way, which molded me and made me how I was. Yeah, so it's really interesting because, you know, you had this reputation as, you know, maybe the toughest or the angriest yeah. player. But ever since I've known you, and you know, yeah. you've come on the show a couple of times, et cetera, and and you're in the press a lot. You're extraordinarily happy, it seems. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's let's talk Absolutely. about the turn. Let's talk about the turn. So. What made you angry in the first place, and then how'd you find peace? Well, maybe angry, I think it was survival. So losing made me angry. So when I was in the Chicago Bulls or Indiana, most of my problems came from losing. And then when I, when I would lose, I would think about it all night, all night, all night. I bring that uh, negative energy back home, and then I, I, I disrupted my household. And when you disrupt your household, that brings problems back on the court. So it was just going back and forth. And I really didn't know how to handle adversity. So anything, I always tell my son, anything you do off the court is going to affect you on the court. If you're not doing your homework and you're not focused, then when you get in the game, you're not going to be focused. You're not going to do what you have to do. And I feel like 
me having that dysfunction off the court kind of led to dysfunction on the court. It's going back and forth. Yeah, so, but did you, was it the winning the championship in 2010 that made the difference or was it yeah. something before that? Something before that. So in 2005, I was really into therapy at that point. Yeah. Like, not only I was into it, but I was paying attention to my counselor. You know, before that, not so much. Before that, I was more like, why am I here? So the transition doesn't happen over day, over one night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that transition started like 2005 in Sacramento. And then it was getting better and better. Then I was saying, okay, I can be happy about, be comfortable where you're at, you know, and, and just be uh, grateful for different things that you have. Did somebody ask you to go to a psychiatrist? Yeah. And who was that? Was it, was it the league? Was it your coach? It was, man. So when I was 13, my mom, I was getting into fights, so my mom sent me. Uh-huh. Um, in high school, um, in college, I had to see the therapist because I was always getting into trouble and stuff. The NBA, when I got to Chicago, they went and did a background check on my dad. Like my dad was functional on medication, so they were trying to see what dosage he was on. And then they offered me some, but um, my, my, do- my diagnostics was, um, or I was diagnosed with um, depression, anxiety, so I didn't need to be on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people thought I was taking medication, but I wasn't. You know, so that's like my, you know, that was like my, my path. And I, I was always seeing, you know, therapists and psychologists since I was 13 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and you had this amazing moment. You win, you have the uh, title clinching shot in yeah. 2010. You guys win the championship. And the fir- they come to interview you. And the first thing you said is, I want to thank my psychiatrist. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely unheard of, right? Some people say, I want to thank God. I want to thank my right. mom. But right. for me, it was like, there was one person <laughs> that I really wanted to give thanks to in that moment. That was somebody who, who was there, physically helped me um, achieve something I always wanted to achieve. Um, now I'm not taking, I'm not going to discredit, you know, my my parents or or whoever I believe in at a higher the higher power, the Most High. But I wanted to give credit to something that's uh, very important here and now today, you know. And mental health is just something that's affecting families. And different things like that. So, I, one more thing on this because it's so interesting. Um, so, was it something he said? Something you realized? <laughs> okay, yeah, she, yeah. But you know, um, taught me how to breathe, you know, uh-huh. and how to control my body, and how to con- um, uh, identify where tension at uh, jaws, shoulders, hips, and um, different things like ca- carrying tension. You don't even know you're carrying it sometimes. You know, you could be like this all day, and it's like if somebody hits you or do anything, you're going to react. And what happened? Like, how did this happen? You know, you have no control of yourself. And I, really, I really wanted to get more control of myself. Yeah, you know, that even happens to me. Uh, <laughs> and it, some of the guys here play basketball with me on Sundays, and they they find that to be the least surprising thing they've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like, if I'm stressed at work, yeah. I'm much more likely to snap on the court. Yeah, yeah, right. And so. And sometimes it's just that realization that makes a difference. Right, right. And so now the movie that's coming out on Showtime on May 31st, yeah. I love the name Quiet Storm, Man. the Ron Artest story. So you've got a lot of your former coworkers in a sense, you Kobe yeah, Bryant yeah. and the others are in the movie. Yeah. So when you saw it, were you surprised at anything they said about you? Well, um, I didn't see it yet because I wanted to be shot. When it comes out, I wanted that to be the first time I see it. Oh wow! Okay, so that's I mean, I did the interviews. Discipline. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to be the first time because like it got these awards, and I didn't know this was gonna happen. Bleacher Report came to me, said they wanted to do um, you know a, a documentary or something, and I'm like, I don't really care about those things. 
you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a little key, but I did it. And I just thought it was gonna be something regular online, but Showtime picked it up and apparently it won some festivals, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's winner of best documentary at the Santa Barbara Film Festival this year in 2019. I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's no joke. That's a, I mean, that's a <laughs> serious movie. And so you guys on May 31st can watch it for yes. the first time with Meta. Yeah. He'll, he'll be seeing it for the first time too. In fact, we got a quick trailer. I want to show it to you real quick. Sometimes he straddles the line, sometimes he goes over it. Test is in the stands. Oh, this is awful. Fans are getting involved. People are trying to kill you over a basketball game. I figured out that I need help. Depression, anxiety, those were things I had. Our test, that's a three. I definitely want to thank my doctor, Dr. Sandy, um, my psychiatrist. Who comes back from what we dismiss as crazy? It's the real. Your name's Metal World Peace, right? I said, yeah. I said, how do you think peace is accomplished? He goes, I don't know. I said, through war. <laughs> Win the war and then you have peace. It's the real. Kobe's man, I love Kobe, man. He's, I remember him saying that. I tried to. I remember Kobe saying that. He was in the um, training room, uh -huh. and I remember him, you know, saying, "Change your name." And yeah, Kobe's just so, so amazingly like smart and uh -huh. witty yeah. and all that stuff. Um, so, uh, what do you think? Is that how peace is accomplished through war? Peace is accomplished. I remember he said that. I'm like, good lord! I'm trying to escape this out of, you know, I'm trying to escape this out of round I test. I, I got to bring the war again. You know, I got to do it through war. Uh, he's like, oh, you name yourself Metal World Peace. Well, welcome to the Lakers. We're going to war. You're going to war. <laughs> no, so great. now you did change your name a couple of times. You did uh, Panda's Friend when you were uh, playing in China. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, um, I changed not my name, just like my persona. Uh -huh. I was going to China, my daughter loved pandas, Sadie Artes. And that's how we kind of came up with the logo. I'm like, you know what, instead of doing a true warrior brand, which I had, she loved pandas. I said, let's do something together. And then literally like a month later, China calls me, says they would like me to play in China. Oh, it was before China. It was you before went. China. Oh, wow. That I changed, you know? Yeah. See, and it was just crazy. So you guys saw it coming. I mean, there's- We saw it coming. <laughs> right. And we played in Sichuan, which is where pandas were kind of born, I guess. Uh-huh. And that's where, you know, everybody that rents pandas, they rent them from Sichuan. And we, we, that's where we were. Wow, that's true. Yeah. Okay, one more thing, because we're gonna take a break and we got uh, more questions for you. But now you're known as this really friendly guy about <laughs> peace and, and pushing for peace. And you've done all these different things and uh, that are is positive in the world yeah. and featuring women in Afghanistan and all these wonderful things. Uh, but, you know, you got into a lot of fights back in the day. Uh, so are Lots. there still people in the NBA who, who hates you? I thought you were going to ask which is my favorite fight. No. <laughs> well, we can do that too. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think um, I developed a lot of enemies. Like I didn't like anyone when I played NBA. So I, I was old school. I grew up around uh, Detroit Pistons, uh, Queensbridge, and Knicks. So I was taught do not like your opponent. And I, and I told myself I would never ever make friends with my opponent until my career is over. So even when I got into the NBA, guys like Lamar Odom, Elton Brand, um, if we wasn't on the same team, I wasn't taking my best friends out to lunch. Mm -hmm. You got to loan some new NBA friend, you know, yeah, on yeah, an yeah. opponent. I don't care who they are. I remember one time LeBron called me one time. It was like, do you want to play with, with the Cavs? And I'm like, I, I know because I got to play. I, I want to play against you. I don't yeah. want to play with you. You know, I didn't tell him that like that. But I was like, wow, LeBron James called me. He was like 25 at uh -huh. the time. Yeah. You know, right before I went to the Lakers. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. And Kobe's a really good friend of mine. 
But I didn't want to play with the Lakers because I wanted to play against these guys. But at that point, I developed some, uh, I would say, enemies or teams I did not want around on test. So I had to go to the Lakers, you know, because nobody else is going to pick around on test. So I don't think I developed a lot of friendships. It was partially because I just was competitive and I, I didn't want friends. No friends. I got you, but afterwards, did you guys squash afterwards, all that? Yeah, afterwards, I got some friends now. <laughs> I got a few friends, finally. <laughs> yeah, man, I got a few friends. <laughs> Including Panda. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a quick break, guys, but Matt is gonna stay with us. Uh, Ricky Strong from TYT Sports is gonna join us, ask some sports questions and some other uh, questions related to pop culture too. Don't miss it, we got a lot more, come right back. All right, back on the Young Turks, Man of World Peace is in the studio. Uh, he's kind enough to join us. And Ricky's Drum uh, has also joined us. What's uh, my name? Ricky Drum. <laughs> Ricky Strom from TYT Sports. Uh, so, we got a lot more uh, things to ask you. Ricky, uh, why don't you step up? Thank you. Um, so, Look, we talked previously, yeah. by the way. Like, you're, you know, a, you're a basketball player? I'm a ba former basketball former. player, former professional basketball player. Um, uh, definitely not professional. No, definitely not. <laughs> I played in the uh, Maccabi Leagues, actually, if you didn't. It's a Jewish show. Okay, so um, on a serious note, on a serious note, um, from what I saw when Nipsey Hussle passed away, yeah. it was what I found so amazing was the connections that he not only had within the NBA community, but also in the Los Angeles community. Yeah. The murals that went up, everyone dedicating so much, the, the basketball courts that went up. As a uh, hooper, but also as a former NBA player, when you see someone who has that sort of connection, not yeah. only to LA, but also to the NBA, what does that even mean to you? I mean, I didn't know he was that big and uh, connected with that many people. I first met Nipsey and he said, hey man, what's up? I know your boy Twin. And when he said, you know Twin, it's like, that's a really good friend of mine. I'm like, oh, wow, you know one of my good friends. You know? And I yeah. said, this is a really nice guy. And he's, his career continued to go up and up. And he wasn't signed with a major label. He was just working hard. I didn't he know signed he was, to himself. He wanted to own to all of his masters. And I'm like, wow, this guy is really doing amazing things. And he was always very polite. And I would hit him up like every now and then and just say hi because. I'm like, I wonder what Nipsey's doing, you know? Yeah. You know, and I and apparently he had that effect on everyone. Did you meet him when you were with the Lakers? I met Nipsey a couple times when I was with the Lakers, before the Lakers. He was just a nice guy. You know, obviously he was side. involved in his gangs and all that stuff, which is, is public knowledge, but it seemed like he was trying to do something good. When I met him, you know, I, I always felt like he was like trying to do good stuff. And Apparently he was. Yeah. You, you know, in a sense, it reminds me of, of your story. You know, yeah. it's obviously got uh, big differences too, but you know, it starts in a uh, in a rough place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, filled with a decent amount of violence. Yeah. And then it makes a turn, and yeah. and and like you did, and so and and tries to do a lot of good in the world as now you're known for. Right. So did you guys talk about that? Was there a connection like that? Well, you know, um, we talked about like he was just coming up in the music. I was already established professional celebrity, but never really made it in music, which I had a really passion for music. Yeah. So I would always connect with the younger artists coming up. I connected with YG a long time ago just to do records to try to get build my fan base. So it was more like, hey, what you doing? Let's get together. But we never got together. When I seen him, he was like, hey, what's up, man? Good to see you. And that was it. You yeah. know, it was always that type of you know, connection. When, so you have a connection with YG? When, um, yeah, briefly, yeah. Okay. So like when YG and Nipsey put out we swear on this? <laughs> we can? Yeah. When they put out Fuck Donald Trump, <laughs> what was your reaction to it? Well, you know, um, so the political songs, I'm not a 
I don't know. I'm not a big fan of those. Now, I'm not trying to okay. say I'm not a fan of politics or social uh, change and things like that. I am. But I'm not really a big fan of like songs like that. I just don't, I ne- I've never been. Never been a big fan of the NWA, you know, political Public songs. Enemy. Um, my my brother-in-law uh, had a song called Who Shot Rudy? Talking about Rudy Giuliani back in New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was younger, I was never a big fan of that. You know, and just never was a big fan of that, the political music. You know, so it didn't really affect me, but I understood why they did it. You know, um, <laughs> does that does that also intertwine with your upbringing because you were surrounded by that sort of violence? You didn't want to see it portrayed in the art of music. Yeah, I just you know, um, everybody's different. Some people's like really outspoken. I'm outspoken, but but for certain things, I'm not as outspoken. You know about government. You know, mm-hmm. not because I'm afraid. It's yeah. just I, I'm just more outspoken about like mental health issues or people struggling in the neighborhoods. You know, or or uh, parenting needs to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's certain things that I'm really passionate about. Right? Yeah. So, man, it, it, it's um, that's what I was going to get to, and I wanted to ask you about, like, if you, if there's one thing you could change, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. What what would it be? You know, I feel like um, I feel like parenting, like I feel like parenting is not where it should be, and for mental health, um, I think the more functional the household, the better you will be ment- mental health wise. When parents separate it, it kills kids. They won't show it a lot, or they will, you know, and then they having more babies, not raising their babies the right way. And if you're not educated, you're more likely to commit crimes, you know, uh, not, you're more likely not to, able to take care of yourselves. Now, if you're not eating, and everything's piling on top of you, stress, poor, you know, <laughs> they're gonna go crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, but with a strong household, I feel like you can minimize that. Mm-hmm. You know. So do people give you grief when you say that? Because sometimes people feel like, well, well, hey, what you know, like it feels like you're judging me. I know you're not. You're not. Yeah, you're right. coming at it from a positive yeah, place. Yeah. But do you get pushback on that at all, or no? On, on which, on which, on which? Like, one? if you say, hey, look, you guys got to like people try to stay together in the families, oh, yeah. you know, and people are like, look, I, you, you know, it feels like you're judging. Oh, you know? of course, of course. So uh, nobody ever gave me pushback, but. I always say this, even if you're separated from your significant other, like try to make it right for the kids. The kids wants to they want to see their parents in the same household together. Yeah. You know, some parents have no relationship. How, how, how do you think that's going to affect the kid? When was the last time the kids saw their mom and dad in a room together? You know, that like, y'all chose to bring me in this world. I didn't I didn't choose to be here. You know, be called you for the kids. Yeah. So the kids could be happy. You know, this is reminiscent of now granted, it, it was Obviously, bad what took place. But I remember reading an article in the Indianapolis Star where even though you were suspended for what happened, you took advantage of the time by being with your kids and yeah. maximizing the amount of time that you had with your kids. Because usually you would just be traveling all around the country true, with the true. Pacers, right? It's true, man. I miss, you know, so I wasn't a president dad. So I had in 2005, I took parenting class. I had marriage counseling class and I had anger management class. I'm in counseling. So I was doing three different forms of therapy weekly. Uh, really daily, you know, I would have three-hour sessions some days. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a present dad. You can give your child, you know, cars for Christmas, you know, house, pool, you know, nice view, but what? Well, they want you. Right. You know, that's what they really want. And, you know, now I realize that and I turn down a lot of opportunities because I need to be there for my children. Mm-hmm. So let me transition here. A hot-button topic that we had in the past few years is with Colin Kaepernick yeah. and what he did. 
and the attention that he wanted to bring to the racial injustices yeah, that yeah. were occurring in so many lower income right. communities. When you saw that as yeah. a fellow professional yeah. athlete, your thoughts were what? Well, so I, I always was rebellious <laughs> from day one. I always knew it was a problem in society. You know, I feel like I never get the credit for being outspoken and rebellious at in 1999, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but then when something happens major in the media, you get Colin, you get LeBron, more than an athlete. You get the athletes coming together and say, now this is enough is enough. Yeah. I always knew enough was enough, you know? So I wasn't at that outspoken because it's things I've been talking about for years. And I feel like people don't hear it until, you know, somebody gets shot or some, something happens, some social injustice, something happens. I'm like, but now you got you to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, so, but with Colin, I supported the movement. You know, I felt like, um, you know, I felt like it was the right thing to do to nail, make a statement, you know, that the country is not treating us right. And I am not that, I'm not that, politi- I'm not involved in politics that much. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was the right thing to do. Does the NBA have a national anthem policy? Uh, I'm pretty that, sure they do, right? I, I, feel like that, I feel like every sport is different. Like <clears throat> in baseball, they won't do it. There was one guy who did Maybe it one guy. on the Oakland A's, <coughs> and then yeah. what do you know? He wasn't with the team anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that funny story of Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, at least. Yep. Uh, so uh, he was used to be Chris Jackson, changed his name, became Muslim, wouldn't stand for the anthem <coughs> in the NBA. Uh, people got mad at him. He eventually went to Turkey to play, and then he wouldn't stand for the Turkish national anthem. Turkey's yeah. Muslim, uh, but he's like, look, the reason I'm not standing for the anthem is not because I hate the country. It's because. Uh, I, I I don't think you should put it above God or Allah, right? Wow. And so and you know what happened? The Turks were even more mad than the Americans were. So look, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's right. And so that didn't <laughs> play out well. But it, look, it happens. But I'm mean, on a lighter note. Yeah. So he changed his name. Right. A lot of folks have changed their name, Muhammad Ali, and they got grief for it. And yeah. for Muhammad Ali, they, a lot of people wouldn't call him that. They keep yeah. calling him Cassius Clay. Cassius Clay. Yeah. So um, do. I assume you want people calling you Meta World Peace. I like Meta. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. Meta. My wife calls me Ron. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I was gonna really? get to. Yeah. yeah. What What does your family call you? Like um, how you you know? I, I don't know about your parents, but if, if so, what? So are my, they? my auntie calls me Meta. Some my, some of my aunties call me Meta. They like it, but most of my family calls me Ron. My dad calls me Meta sometimes, or he may call me Pac Man. My old nickname when I was a kid. Yeah. My wife calls me Ron. <laughs> you uh-huh. know. Um, yeah, everybody's different. So if so, but uh, but Muhammad Ali used to get mad if anybody called him Cash. Well, because he viewed it as his slave name, that's right? That's so he that's wanted right. he did not want anyone to take any part in. I get it. Yeah. It's definitely a slave name, you know. Especially in 1960s, you're way more, you're closer to slavery than I was. In Louisville, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I definitely get it. Um, but I, I don't care if people call me Ron or Tess. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, you have a clothing line. Yeah. <laughs> that is named after your name that you had when you went to the Chinese League, correct? Yeah. So how did that carry over into becoming a clothing line name? You know, it's interesting. I was trying to, I always liked fashion for a long time. When I was, uh, LeVar Ball said he was the first one with his own shoot. And I started my own shoot when I was younger, you know, I already, when I was 19 years old. I always wanted to be in fashion. At St. John's? And no, when I was in NBA Chicago. Okay. Yeah, I was looking into my own shoe. So I never signed a real deal with any shoe company because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I feel like fashion, I wanted to express myself. Um, Panda, they are strong, uh, they're very likable when they're babies, but when they get older, they kind of get tired of certain things, and you know, they had a really nice um, image about them, but they're very strong mm. and determined and very powerful animals. And um, I feel like humans you know, should be like that. You know, be vulnerable, but don't be weak. See, here's what I love. Mm, I like he that. goes the panda route, 
when most athletes go with like the lion route. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. most football players, uh, uh, Leonard Williams for the Jets, he has like a humongous lion tattoo because <laughs> he wants to be known as a lion. But you know what I take from that? Uh, I take that uh, that you're confident and secure with yourself. Yeah. Because if you if you were like Trump and you were insecure, you'd want to lash out and be like, "Oh, I'm the strongest, I'm the best, totally. etc." The pit bull, right? Yeah. Like Trump would never give himself a name that involved that had the word peace in it, right? <laughs> and he'd never give himself a name with that's got a, a like what was perceived to be a friendly animal yeah. like the panda, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that speaks well of you. Yeah, you know, um, I, I was always. Every kid goes through stuff. So when I was young, I was very insecure, very, very insecure, you know. And then when I got old, I would tell people that, and they would be like, "What are you insecure about? What do you mean? What am I insecure about? A lot of things." Mm -hmm. I was, you know. And then you, as you get older, you become more confident, smarter, you know, and stronger, and things like that. So you know, yeah. I gotta ask you two more questions. So when you were growing up, and you're great at basketball, right? And I'm assuming that the kids in the neighborhood knew that, right? Yeah. So like, when did they start looking up to you, man? My, well, my dad would have me out on the court. He was ten; I was ten years old, and we would be playing basketball all day on the basketball court. My dad was a big, strong man, so playing against him for like a couple of years, I started to play against the men when I was mm. 12, 13 years old. And they How wasn't big were you then? I was probably six two, six one, six two. Wow, <laughs> at 12, 13, okay. 12, 13. <laughs> so I was going up against grown men, and yeah, you were a grown man. I was, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> and I started, and, and people started to really like, wow, this kid can play, and then. Usually the men don't let you on the court, but mm -hmm. they would be like, Ron, I got you. They would uh -huh. pick me in, in the games. Yeah. yeah. All right, and the last question is actually Ricky's, but I'm gonna steal it. Uh, all right, MJ or LeBron? <sighs> oh, wow, this is amazing. I don't know what to say anymore. Oh, man, this is tough. Shoot, who's better? All yeah, yeah, your view. This is so hard to say. It's really hard to say to both those guys. I feel like it's really, really close. I'm a big MJ fan, and I can say MJ, but at the end of the day, LeBron is, he's so dominant. Who knows what would have happened one-on-one? -on -one. You know, Cavs versus Bulls, you know, does, does Jordan hit that famous shot over Craig Elo? If that's LeBron, mm. is Jordan on a poster? Like, who knows, right? Yeah, see, that's a great question. Because, it, yeah, maybe he doesn't get that shot off if maybe he's playing he against shot LeBron. On the other hand, maybe LeBron doesn't get to the rim if he's maybe playing LeBron. against Jordan or but Pippen. But then again, if yeah. LeBron is playing in the 80s, he's putting up like 45 a game. Right? Uh, yeah. not, not necessarily, because you, you could be big, uh -huh. but you got to have a little bit more than just being big in the 80s. I'm not saying LeBron doesn't have it, but in right. the 80s, it was way more defense. He would not, I don't think he'd be putting up 45. In the 80s. You don't think so? No. <laughs> no way. Because the defense, everybody's on you. Barkley, Rodman, uh -huh. Bill Lambert. You got to think but about it. But if anybody's which... body is built to sustain that sort of punishment, right. isn't it a guy who's six foot eight, 250 pounds, who's he can pure felt muscle? He can sustain it, but I don't think the numbers would have been 45 a night because uh -huh. it's too much. It's grabbing you. You got to hit outside shots all yeah. the time. <laughs> which he improved over time. Which the he years. improved over time. Yeah. Over yeah. time. And his career might have been shorter after all that. Yeah, <laughs> it might have been, right? All right, everybody, uh, check out all the things, including um, No Malice, that's the book. Definitely check that out. May 31st, the Showtime show's coming out. Uh, that's Quiet Storm, the Ron Artest story. Uh, and then, of course, uh, thepandasfriend.com, uh, that's the, the clothing line. Yeah, yeah. All right, check it out. Meta, thank Thanks you so much for joining me. us, man. Absolutely. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you, man. Uh, appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Look, we're not done. Uh, we still got a post game for you guys. We're gonna have a lot of fun there as well. tyt.com slash join to become a member and check out our post game. Thank you.